Welcome to the Restoration Church podcast, Behind the Sermon, where we get to sit in on a conversation between our pastors and hear about what they're learning, what they're teaching, and what God is doing throughout our church. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, church. This is the Behind the Sermon podcast. Pastor Colin and Pastor Jeremy are here. Guys, give us a big hello. Hello. Is that big enough? Yo, what's good? Uh, Those were medium-sized. Hello. <laughs> Try to figure out what's a big hello. How do I do that? Hey, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's I a have an accent now. Yeah, that's good. Uh, gentlemen, how are you guys today? I'm feeling really good. It was a fun Sunday. It was a busy Sunday. Um, so I slept in. I was supposed to go to a gym, to the gym with a friend. Slept in, ditched him. Feel great about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm rested. I'm rested. Yeah, I mean, I'm good. Um, I probably could use another nap. <laughs> I got Get home it. late last night, so. Yeah, let's uh, let's talk through. What did we do? We had our, our fuse night, which was really yeah. fun. Anyone listening that doesn't know what that is, that's our, our youth event that happens similar to like to, to, to our worship night. We all come yeah. together, all the locations. So it was in Plymouth. Yeah. And it was fun. I had, uh, I forget what they're called. I had a snow cone and I enjoyed it. And the pulled pork sliders it was a party. Yeah. We had a luau themed. It was, um, it was a lot of fun. At the end of the game that we played, I definitely came inside and just asked for crushed ice. I like couldn't, like, I saw I you just pulling down the back of your shirt. I was about to. Honestly, <laughs> it was very was hot, exhausted. very humid. Yeah, yeah, for oh, sure. Yeah. I hung out with the um, the pregnant ladies and just lied on the floor because it was a concrete floor. <laughs> like, a, this is really nice. <laughs> but yeah, it was fun. And then Sunday morning was super fun too. How are you, I'm Pastor Nate? I'm doing Almost pretty didn't good. Ask you. I was in Plymouth on Sunday. That's cool. Service there and then stayed through Fuse. And it was good. I hadn't been in Plymouth service since uh, we announced Pastor Elisa was taking over. Oh, yeah. So that was a while. Uh, That was a while ago. And so it was the first time I'd been there while she was the big boss and uh, doing good. I think they announced they they filled a whole bunch of leadership roles there at the location, which is really exciting. And then I came to Dover this morning and walked into the building and there were uh, sheet cakes greeting me at the door. (laughs) So I look like I have all you can eat cake buffet today. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Lunch. (laughs) Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Tammy went extra. She heard it was grad Sunday. And anytime it's it's a celebration, she's like, we're buying cake for the church. (laughs) And so... Yeah, I was happy about it. It was a good ending of service. Cool. It's great. Yeah, so I now have three kids in youth group now. With, oh, because yeah. oh, Step Up. Yeah, because Step Up Sunday added Asher to it. So he's a, yeah. a legitimate attender now. Yeah. Not being sneaky, getting in there. That's pretty crazy. That is so... What a... Because now you're one away from that 
stage, but it's kind of fun because they've asked you, like you're a cool dad, right? Because they've asked you to be a part of youth now that they're rejoining it, which is pretty cool. Yeah, my older my older ones, uh, they started that last year asking me to start helping. And I'm like, you guys don't really want me there. Like not <laughs> as a pathetic way, but, but just like, no, it's your own space. It's fine. Y- yeah. you, know, you don't need me there. You don't. You don't really want me there. You don't need me there as dad telling you to behave. And uh, but no, they they kept insisting and asking me to come to events. Obviously, I go to summer camp with them as they were kids, and occasionally as at the team camp. So I'm not going to yeah, team camp true. this year. So anyway, it's fun. I, I like the extra time with them, and and part of it is um like uh you know you see on Wednesdays because we come to the Dover Youth Group, but it's nice to show up and set up with with Benaya and yeah, strategize and plan and I like that. It's fun, new dynamic. That's cool. Yeah, that's yeah. super fun. Thanks for preaching, Jeremy, yesterday, so I could have the opportunity oh, yeah. to go to uh, to Plymouth. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it was a great message. Thanks. It was your idea. No, not really. But uh, I gave, you, gave you a, a good verse outline. that you didn't use. Yes, I did. We did. Hmm. When? I kept referring to back to it. I was saying that in a defensive way. <laughs> but it was just the theme. Rust and sin. <laughs> yeah. No, your verse was the one I said is the verse for the message. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great crowd of witnesses. Take off the sin that slows us down. Gotcha. I said it a few times, so. Yeah, no problem. I was thinking I'd give you another verse. <laughs> oh, okay. First John you... chapter two, but that's for someone else for a different sermon. Oh, you know, that, last week. that is my biggest fear because I know it's happened <laughs> to you before where someone has preached, you've given them scripture the out, not even the outline, but the title and the scripture. And it's like, hey, was that what you were looking for? It's like, no, not at all. <laughs> my biggest fear is that my lead pastor asked me to teach the church and I just whoop, went my own way, did my own thing. So that happened to me least. once when I had to, when I was a location pastor here at this church for my other boss. And then, um, <laughs> And then I preached a message that he didn't like. He didn't like it at all. And so wow. the office the next day was was essentially like, um, I didn't like, I, I can't remember the conversation, but the tone of it was, I didn't like the message. That's way off base from what I wanted. And my response to him was, hey, I'm so sorry. You only gave me a title. <laughs> That's it. Gave me a title and not one other sentence or scripture. Yeah. And I had to make a message based on the title. And I emailed you about it. This is probably too much information for this podcast. <laughs> but that was many years ago. That yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good. And yeah, and I, I uh, you know, honestly, the weeks that you let us preach, you let us preach, like, let me rephrase. Uh, the weeks that I, that I preach... And fight my way through it because it stresses me out. Um, just in case anyone heard me, like I knew he wasn't letting them. Like, no, 
I try and get out of it every time you give it to me, but I love, I love doing it. But, um, whenever it's the weeks that it's preach your own, it stresses me out. And I think it, it comes in line of like knowing that your, that your wisdom is still within that message gives me some security. I know I'm not way off base. I know, I know this is something that now I'm feeling because I'm writing it that the church needs to learn, but my lead pastor sees that as well. Yeah. And then um, I, the way, you know, we've talked about it a little bit on the podcast, but the way our culture now is for sermon writing for Sunday makes me feel so much more secure. Like have to have it done by Thursday. I don't know if you ever put that weight on us, but I know you do it. And so I want to do it as well. And having the ability, I shared it with, with you and I shared it with Pastor Steven, who's kind of over, you know, he helps all of the location pastors, got feedback and like all that. Like it made the sermon so much easier to preach knowing I had that like backup, like I had you guys supporting. So it was a really, this was probably one of the more fun weeks. Um, I just had a lot of confidence because I knew you guys were in it. So it was Great. really helpful. Good. You know, one thing that stood out to me in your message that I that the the imagery that I loved was, um, hey, we're we, like essentially like in Christ, we're a new creation, we're made new, but we're still traveling on these salt covered roads, mm. and I really loved that because, yeah, we're forgiven, we're made new but we've got to guard our hearts. We've got to guard our yeah. minds because there's just so much possible sin. We're exposed to sin. We're, you know, sometimes sinning on accident just because of the nature of the world we live in. Yeah. And what do we do to keep that from polluting, polluting our hearts? This language yeah. a lot to, from infiltrating and setting us sideways. So Colin, talk to us about that a little bit. How, you know, what are the things you're finding? Um, how are you guarding your your heart? How are you keeping rust and corrosion from filling your life? What are the things you've learned and you're doing as a young man? Yeah, so um, during during Pastor Jeremy's message, um, Jeremy, you talked about how, like, like, you talked about the example of that man that you talked to you about how, um, like, how do you know you're not going to cheat on your wife? And he said, well, I'm too well guarded. Um, and I like to put myself in that position and really like analyze. I, and during your message, I did like, all right, who do I have around that will will hold me to that? And mm. um, so I'm I'm glad that I have those people in my life that will always hold me accountable. Like I got Pastor Rob, um, I got Pastor Travis and um, Pastor Chris and um, and then my location pastor and knowing that um, they're they're checking in that they're well knowing of what's going on um, leaves no room for for fault. Um, yeah, obviously we're still gonna slip up, but I know that they're gonna be like, "Hey, how's everything going? Is this going good? I know you talked mm -hmm. about this. Let's talk through it more." Um, and there's like a huge accountability aspect to it. Um, and just, just about sin in general. Um, and, and so I, I enjoy, I enjoyed that very well. And, um, the imagery that I saw while 
kind of listening is when you were talking about the sandblasting and how it like straight up just ripped holes in metal that you didn't even know were things that were problems. Yeah. Kind of saw that as what it was, right? Like maybe there are soft spots that can easily lead to that corrosion, right? And so I think that was a I think this message was a real great point. And I think um it's definitely one that I'd I'd go back and listen to again mm. just to um really really get it down and and also even like refer people to it because like this is you, you said it right like sin is just a corrosion of the heart like when we put our own flesh into it and we put our heart into it it's good and we have that um our, that passion's there but if it gets too much of our passion and not enough of god's passion then we we start to corrode and mm. uh, we're going to end up self-sabotaging in, in the meantime so like like I said, phenomenal like imagery illustration was great. Um, I mentioned because um, on the way back from Fuse, we brought Jeremy home, and we mentioned that Jeremy, when you um, were talking about how you talked to Nate um, Hershberger in Plymouth. Um, it was funny because it got loud, and everyone's like, "Yeah, Nate," but we had no idea what you said after that. Like we were like, <laughs> I was like trying to read your lips at that point, but I could not even like. It was like that loud, so it was like cool that you showed that like we are multiple locations, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I really enjoyed that portion as well. So, good word. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, I think something that you referenced that I think I just see in my life as well with with that sandblasting. When I thought through, like, I don't know how this analogy works so well. You know what I mean? Like, I think rust is the perfect, is the perfect thing to compare sin to. It's, it's hard to get rid of. It's hard to keep away. Like, it's a constant struggle. Like, it was just, the idea was so perfect, Nate. And so it made it really easy to preach. But that idea, too, of, like, I don't know if you guys have ever done it with your cars. Again, I had a lot of stories with my bad cars, but like where you tap on something you thought was solid and <laughs> all of a sudden it breaks. Um, but I feel, I feel God doing that. You know, I'm, I'm hitting a stage even in my life where um, God is, is we're addressing where I fall short, um, where my sin is. But then it's like, I always feel God being like, but it's also this that you had no idea about that's causing you in this, you know? So for, for me, like, like working through truly trusting that God is in control is an area in my life that God in my thirties is revealing has been the, the cause of so many different um, failures in my life. And yep. it's like, and it finally comes out. It's like, dang it. I thought I had a lot of, faith. <laughs> I thought I had this. And then just in, in time of prayer and worship, God being like, you know, you don't, you don't think I'm in control or that I'm good enough to, to be in control and do well. And that just like, oh, that hit a part I didn't know was weak. Right. And it hurt to, to think through and, you know, and, and I just find like that stage is so painful, but so healing at the same time. I'm not putting Bondo over the spots I already see, you know? Yeah. and Go ahead, Colin. Yeah. So something similar to that um, is like, we, we can see that it's a hole. We know that it's a problem and maybe we've tried putting Bondo or putting um, flex seal on it or something like that. 
and we think like, oh, like, oh, no, that's not the problem. We fix the problem, but really, like, we have to go to the root of it, right? And that's yeah. what sandblasting does. It takes everything out. Yeah. And so, um, and that's exactly what Jesus wants to do. He he wants to go to the deep root of the problem. Yeah. Like, oh, you got offended because there's a little joke that happened. Like, oh, maybe like you do have some deep insecurity with that. Like maybe you don't feel enough. So when someone makes a joke, um, that you, the, um, like for me, like when I make a joke about being bigger, um, and like heavier in weight, I make jokes that to me may be seamless, but like to other people, they might think that it's an actual like deep rooted problem that I have yeah, a weight, yeah. but um, which I don't. I'm ser- perfectly secure in what I look like, but it's just that example of like, no, there's a deeper root, and that's what we have to get at in order to yeah. heal. Mm-hmm. So. I, I I think one thing that maybe you guys hit, but it's um, you know, rust doesn't just happen overnight, and and structural frame rot and failure doesn't just happen overnight mm. neither does our problems like no one no one like no one has an affair without first allowing that sin and corrosion to come into yeah. life for quite some while for quite a while it's not yeah. like you go from you you know you go from you know man of integrity and man of, of purity to the next day. Like, I don't know what happened. Right. Right. Because if you had been guarding your heart and if there hadn't been that corrosion, then it wouldn't have happened. Yep. And I think that's one of the things that it's pointing out. Like, Hey, you know, your, your Instagram searches, that's pretty corrosion. Your yeah. Netflix viewing is creating a cor- corrosion. The mm-hmm. negative thoughts you're thinking about your spouse is creating a corrosion. The yeah. negative, the the the, so the way you talk to your parents is creating rust and corrosion. Um, the way you, um, you, you you know the the notebooks you take from your work is corrosion. Um, and you're not paying taxes on money you get paid under the table. It's corrupt. Like all these things, yeah. Little by little, by little, by little, creates the adulterer, creates the murderer, creates the um, the rebellious, creates mm. the tax fraud, creates the you, you, you know corrupt politician. Like it all started somewhere. Small. Yeah. A little. Yeah, absolutely. And I, yeah. And I even think through like that, um, having, you know, when I, when we talked about the, the second step, second and third step, really working through like drilling more holes, right. And working through the boundaries that you set for yourself and removing the things like, like you're saying, removing the things that lead to the bigger things, I think is a big deal. I know Christians that, um, uh, you know, how much do you want to say with people, everyone listening, but that are fine with watching movies with nudity in them. That right. will say, I, I, I just don't struggle with that. Right. And it's like this idea of like, 
Uh, I don't struggle with wanting to get drunk. So I get drunk because I don't want to. I don't struggle with, you know what I mean? It's like, no, like, wait, (laughs) that doesn't make sense. Why are you allowing it in at such a low level? Like, Yeah, so that makes it okay, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right, like my thing is like, so like even with that in my household, right? I'm 32 years old. We don't watch anything with that's overly sexualized. We look it up beforehand. I don't care how much I was hoping I could watch it, how much I wanted to see the story. Like I'm not going to do it. And uh and that's an air that's just an area that I want to protect myself in, but there's yep. there's kind of layers of that too. Because some people are like, oh, it's fine. I just, I just look away. And uh, I, this I is my own. And imagine. <laughs> but this is my own, like, just, it's my conviction in it. Um, it's my house. Uh, I am not going to put something in my home that I can't, that I'm, that I shouldn't partake in. Right. Like, so no, I'm not going to look away. Uh, no, like, uh, you know, Haley has the same boundaries. We work through, like, she doesn't watch the show's that I wouldn't um, because no, this is, this is our house. We're not going to partake in something that we're looking away. Like maybe that's like my pride kicking in. Like that's my TV. I'm not looking away from it. I'm not gonna put something on looking away. I own that thing. Like, but that's like an idea of like, no, this is my home. I'm not putting this in here. And that's just, you know, something that we've put into like, no, we were removing that. And I think there's a temptation to do the little thing where you cover your eyes, but then you peek through. (laughs) Like the little kid, like you're trying to surprise them. Yeah. And I think things affect us more than we realize. But because we're searing our conscience, we don't realize they affect us. So, I mean, I've got probably multiple examples of this, but I never watched an R-rated movie really until Bible college. I just never watched violent movies, action movies. I, I just wasn't into it. It just, or whatever, bored me. But in Bible college, I got into it because my friends were into it. And um, so some of my favorite movies, when I went back to watch them like 10 years later with Michelle, I'm like, oh, this movie's awesome. We put it on. And I'm like, ah. and I'm like, and then like 10 minutes in, turn it off. I'm like, sorry, I didn't remember it being that bad. Yeah. And then turning it off. And, yeah. but so when you removed yourself from it for a long time and you put it back on, all of a sudden you, there's a sensitivity that you didn't realize. Yeah. The yeah. The other thing is I, I'm a story like I've never struggled with swearing. Never. Yeah. Um, I, I just never have not when I was a kid, not, not ever. And so I can watch movies with swears, really no problem. It's not like I start thinking it or start talking about it. It's not there. But my girlfriend in college, we had gotten in a fight one time and she cussed at me and she didn't have a problem with swearing either. And she cussed at me and we, and it was like, hey, let's put a pause right here. Why did you just swear? And we had <laughs> a conversation about that. She's like, I don't know why I just swear. I've never sworn before ever. And what was it? It was those movies that I was watching in college. Yeah. And they didn't affect me. The swearing didn't affect me. The violence did. I realized later, but the swearing affected her. So now she started to pick it up. So at that point I was like, Hey, sorry, like I, I won't make you watch these movies anymore. And beyond that yeah. either. And then that's like 10 years later, I'm married. I'm like, this movie's awesome. And then it wasn't awesome. <laughs> Whoops. 
That's rewatching any comedy you liked as a kid, like when your mom's there. (laughs) All of a sudden, you realize. I think it's the same thing, right? Like horror movies. Yeah. Sexually explicit music. Mm. um, Music where they're denigrating women, calling them bees and H words. Yeah. Like, you say, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me. It's affecting you. Yeah. My My car's rust proof. This thing's 15 years old, not a speck of rust on it. Great. It doesn't mean that not all of a sudden it's going to fail inspection next year. Right. And everything looked good on the outside, but it's corroded the inside of all your rocker panels and your trunk. And But it looks beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. That makes this whole conversation makes me think of like the parable um, where Jesus was talking about like where we're planting our seeds. Um, and like the parable of um, the sower, the, the scattering of the seeds where the farmer scatters the seeds. And so basically like, are we putting our seeds in that good soil or are we putting mm-hmm. seeds where it's not going to grow? Right. Like as are we putting seeds in soil that, that isn't going to grow our, our faith and grow our, our walk with Christ. And if not, then probably shouldn't be putting our time and effort into that. And so just as we talk about planting seeds into people and um, like getting them, like just starting off the conversation about Jesus, um, we kind of got to do the same thing, even as seasoned Christians, where we're going to make sure we put our time specifically in places that are going to grow our faith um, and not put it in like a bunch of thorns and things that are just going to strangle us in the end. You know what that makes me think of too is I think oftentimes, we think that fasting is the only thing that we do to starve our flesh, right? This idea of like, no, I, I, want, to, I, I, I want my spirit to be in control. I want my spirit to be one with God. So I'll deny my flesh what it needs, you know, and this is fasting. But I do think there's an aspect of like, you have two things at war within you, your flesh and your spirit. Which one do you feed more? Like, I don't, I don't remember that full analogy, that idea of like, there, there are, there are two animals. Which one are you feeding? Like you feeding the dog getting stronger that's going to murder you, or are you feeding, uh, you feeding the the spirit man within you that's that's going to save you and and help you still follow Jesus and like, and that's part of why like when we were talking through and and realizing like, uh, putting on that new identity of yeah. Jesus, then it becomes that challenge of. Yeah, maybe that stuff doesn't affect you, but which which identity are you feeding? Which identity are you leaning more into? And and I find myself like when I get to my lowest points where, you know, uh, I I've had I'm still working through seasons of anxiety, I look back and I and I realize like I'm neglecting um my spirit, I'm neglecting my oneness with Christ, um and I'm looking for something I can, something I can eat that will bring me comfort. Right. So it can be as simple as that. Like something I'm, I'm looking for, uh, childhood memories. I'm looking for whatever. And it begins like going down this path of like, I'm going to deny my, my spirit self and, and, and feed my flesh. And, uh, and that's really what I liked talking through with like the idea of putting, of wearing that new identity and, and accepting that new identity. I think that's, that's so important. Um, which was an aspect I didn't even think through until Nate Hirschberger told me how to, how you would fix the cars when he walked through. He's like, yeah, then you apply the new steel 
plate over the holes. I'm like, oh, dang, that's good. <laughs> like, it's just, yeah, anyway, it's every step of the way of the sermon was just like, man, this, like, it hits me. It's teaching me. Um, it explained to me, even in my season now, of like how to adopt the identity of Christ and not walk away from it. And I think that's yeah. that's just a big thing that 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 that's the struggle, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. So um uh I was I was working through, yeah, you had talked through this is just like sermon related, uh or or sermon writing related. All right. Because I, I think the topic covers itself, but a little bit. Um, I, how much pressure do you put on yourself when you're trying to write of like, man, I need to say these things in the right order or it's not going to hit home. Right. So one thing that you had said, Pastor Nate, which brings brings me much joy that you reference the salted roads because. There's an, obviously there's an aspect when Jesus taught truths, he told stories, right? And we're trying in our sermon, like, how do we write out these sermons that tell a story enough that something will stick and something will click? And so for me, it was like, if I forget at the beginning of the message to talk about uh, the rust issue in New England, that it's salty roads, my entire ending of the sermon is not gonna like click for you. And I don't know. I don't know if you've written a sermon where you're like, I gotta say this at the right time to make this bring back around. Like, cause that's right when, and I really do, it was a time of talking with Robin, a time of, of, of prayer of just like, oh my gosh, the salted roads, like that will be a perfect circle back. And so in my notes, I had the New England one at the top, like highlighted and bolded and a different color. It's like, do not forget. But I don't know. Have you, do you struggle with that, uh, having that pressure of like, it needs to be this order? No, I, I don't think so. I think I'm always trying to get it in the right order because you can, you could have said the whole analogy at the very beginning. And, yeah. but then, Sometimes giving a half of the analogy and saving the other half for the end. I think you're you're trying to you are trying to write it for greatest impact and effectiveness. Yeah. Oh, like memorab- memorability. I don't know if that's the right word, but memorizable. Me- memorizable. Memorizable. Those are the two yeah. goals that I that I have writing a message. Yeah. Um and I don't always hit both. Sometimes I don't hit either. But <laughs> I, I think for me, I don't put pressure on making that happen. I think sometimes I feel it in the moment. Yeah. And so I take a, a lot less pressure now this many years into it on making sure that it's there in the front end. Yeah. Um, I know yep. I know it'll be there. If I've done the prep work right. And I'm and I'm walking in with a certain amount of confidence in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There. Yeah, no, that makes sense. But I've re-preached messages. So there's a message now that I've that I've preached a few other places. Um, are you are you fighting a war that's already won? Mm. I preached that on a Sunday morning. I preached it at a couple other places, and every time I do it, I rewrite it a little bit to make yeah. it a little bit better <laughs> based on 
based on um, based on that fact. Yeah. Not or even just who you're preaching to as well. Yeah. Like I'm sure if you're teaching for, you know, at a Christian school, maybe it changes a little bit and, you know, you work through like what will, what will hit for them and help them memorize it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just thinking, I wonder if I did teach it at a Christian school. I know I taught at a men's men's conference. Yep. Out of that teen challenge. Those were the last two times. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 It's I always like when, when you, you talk through and you taught, you know, Hey, when you're preaching, you're going to find those spots where, you know, you're going to feel, you're going to feel the Holy spirit kind of be like this right here is something that the church is, it needs to hear. This is a, a second you need to um, just, and it's just, it worked out that, uh, I think that whole analogy, the the salted road ones for me was like, I was so happy <laughs> when I got there. I'm like, thank goodness, God, I did hear you right. <laughs> thank you. Like, um, and that's just always great when you, you know, I go through the phase of writing where either I get in the way at the beginning and the and then God's helping me Friday and Saturday, and I'm going, shoot, I I was I was trying to make it complex or um, I was trying to overcomplicate it, whatever. Um, And then I correct it and I work through that's happened to me once before, but then sometimes it's the other way around. Like uh, God's, God's working through it. And then I'm getting in the way on the weekend, like, Oh, come on. I think I needed to, you know? And so, uh, yeah, it's just an interesting process. It's such a roller coaster of emotions for me. For me, I'm just not used to the process of writing. Um, I mean, it's a roller coaster for me too. I, I, I don't think it's happened as much as last year because I've really been working on it. But mm-hmm. I know Michelle saying, "Are you preaching tomorrow?" And I'd be like, "No." Like, oh, I, I could tell. Yeah. Like, what yeah. do you mean? Oh, you're relaxed. Yeah. It's like oh, shoot. That's not good. <laughs> I preach every week. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's a really intense burden. And for, for a lot of reasons, right? I, you mentioned it on the podcast last week, but I did see that that critic um, Facebook post. Yeah. Uh, so someone who used to go to church here took a shot at my message. I'm like, thanks for caring enough to, <laughs> to uh, listen to my message to make yourself angry. Um, but, <laughs> you, you, you know, I, I, he, he's not anybody whose opinion I'm concerned about. Um, but there, but you do, you're criticized yeah. every, every week. Um, and you're encouraged most weeks too. But you have no idea, right? There's no way to measure mm. if you have moved the needle toward eternity for anybody. Yeah. There's no really way to measure. Yeah. There's That's no one metric. The, <laughs> like if you do it by raised hands, do you do it by baptisms? Do you do it by nice comments? Do you do it by, and so you, you really can't measure it. You just get to know. Right. I'm doing everything I can to study and hear from the Lord and, mm. and give, and, Deliver it, 
and leave it, leave it up to him. And that's the only way, right? That's the only way that's not going to wreck you. Because it, this is, you know, let's turn this back around here. Um, applause and a crowd and compliments, they're a corrosion. They're a yeah. rust. And yes. I think about I think about some preachers who get retweeted yep. ten thousand times and everybody and I'm like, who's checking his message? Who's gonna tell him, hey, I think you're going a little off base. Yeah. Because his fame is so popular. How's he gonna listen to anybody that something's a little off in his message or his tone? Yep. Or his approach. So hard. Yeah. It's, have you guys seen the movie uh, the 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 Jesus movement? Is that what it's called? Jesus Revolution. Jesus Revolution. Yes. That the part where he's he's getting used in every service. The young guy, God's talking to him. He people are being healed, and then one there's a scene of him crying outside by the fire, begging God to keep using him because he doesn't know what his identity is without him being the one that God uses. And then later in the movie, there's the part where he takes over service to try and force what God did with him. And it's this whole wrong movement. His heart started so pure in the beginning of that movie, like just wanting to see God move. And, and, and you're right, like people were talking him up so much. And that became his like success meter. And he wouldn't listen yeah. to his elder. He wouldn't, listen, he wouldn't to listen to his elder. Yeah. And I think, you know, this obviously self-serving here <laughs> but our <laughs> pastors no matter how no matter how irrelevant and old-fashioned and injured we are from softball <laughs> in our life yeah so my boss that corrected me on that sermon so many years ago all right Listen, well, I would love to, I'd love to do this. So can let's work out a plan. How do you, how, what, how do you need me to get the information out of you to preach what you want me to preach? It was my yeah. problem. It was my problem. And, and I think about um, an incident that happened when we were trying to change the name and someone suggested something that I didn't like. And so I responded in the meeting like, well, you can call your location that, but I'm not going to call the Dover location that. And it was <laughs> wow. just kind of in jest. It was, well, I don't think it was in jest, but I was like, I, I didn't, I was a little bit frustrated with the meeting yeah. and a meeting with 35 people to come up with names is a terrible way to do things. That is hard. Yeah. But, um, but I remember like my boss corrected me the next day. Hey, you got to be careful what you say in these meetings. You said this and I didn't defend myself. I was like, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah. And I still think about that. Like, I can't believe I said that. I, yeah. you know, that's not who I want to be. You keep your opinions to yourself. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you, you've got to, um, you got to keep your pastors. Yeah. Got to keep your pastors. Yeah. If you're at, if you're at the heart, if you're at a, a church that has a heart for the lost and you have a pastor that is working through that. Like I always get to the point where I need to work through like, all right, I'm just being offended right now. Um, but I need to let those things that 
those are things that check your heart as well, right? Having your pastor come be like, hey, like, you know, I noticed you said you wanted to do this and you're not doing it. It's not like, well, get in here. Didn't you know we need the help? Like, it's no, like you told me God called you to ministry. I noticed you're not taking those steps. And it could be offensive, like, oh, they're trying to control me or anything like that. It's like, no, like, we just want to make sure if God spoke, you know, I, I want to, I want to see that happen for you. Like, right. So am I holding you back? Like whatever, like the pastor's heart is, is really, and I think it trickles down from you. Cause I know it from in my life too. But when I have those conversations with people, it really is like, I just want to see you succeed. And I think accountability is really healthy, right? That goes, that circles back to what you were sharing, Colin, like having that accountability piece is so important. So yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. I think, um, I wish I hit on it more, but the scripture that you had picked for the whole sermon, um, it talked through that beginning, like, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great crowd of witnesses of the faith. And I think it's really important that like, that's a huge piece to working through the sin that slows us down. The things that entangle us is the huge crowd of witnesses that we surround ourselves with in the faith. Right. Um, and I, it was interesting. I saw like while preparing through it, like that message really has a, or that scripture has a couple different ways that people translate it. Some mm. people say, no, it's, it's referring to all of the heroes of the faith from the Bible. You look at everything that they've overcome, everything they worked through, live by their example and go. But then other people are like, no, he's referring to the church that they're in. And then one commentary that was kind of going off of both was like, I say, who cares? Use both. <laughs> like, uh, use the examples and the testimonies of those who have overcome in Jesus' name. Use the church you're surrounded by. Like, um, work through it. I just think that's such a huge piece. Uh, I wish I hit on it a little bit more. My devotional this morning um, talks about, um, I'm trying to remember what chapter it's in but it was going through the laborers are few that scripture mm. and luke chapter 10 and verse number seven says remain in the same house and the the devotional writer wrote while we do god's work it is vital we do life with people determined to follow him closely yeah and just anyway connecting that same gap like our pastors our circle leaders our volunteer team our, our serve team leaders our youth pastors, our youth leaders, um, we're all a huge part of each other's life. Yeah. To keep us on, to say, to be able to say like, hey, frost heaves ahead. To be able to say like, yeah. hey, you realize you get some bubbling under the paint here. To be able to come in and say, this vehicle is unsafe for road travel. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Absolutely. Listen, it's I... So um, I think we're out of time or at least yeah. pretty close. Yeah, we're getting close. Yep. I, I've got one book I don't want to forget to share. Yep. So the book is titled Identity and is by Pastor Scott Wilson. That's the, for those people taking following Jesus. It's the same guy. Oh, cool. He's teaching that course. Um, and he wrote this book, one of his more recent books, Identity. And I read it in January of last year. Mm. Really really helpful for me oh that's cool oh identity that's good 
I uh, I can't remember the name of the guy that wrote it. He was a worship leader. Maybe you'll know, but just the analogy always helped me. But uh, there's a book called Kill the Spider. Um, I wish yeah, I could remember Carlos who wrote Whitaker. it. Oh, it is Carlos Whitaker. Okay. Carlos Whitaker wrote that. Stop Stop just addressing cobwebs. Let, let God work through and find the spider that's leading to the life you're in. Um, I think that one's a really good one and, and helps tie into the idea of like, where's the rust coming from? Right. Not what's the result. Um, so I think that's a good book too. Don, anything else you want to share, Ed? Um, No, I don't have any book recommendations this time. Um, yeah, I haven't dove too many and, and too far with this topic in books. So. Yeah, any YouTubers uh, that repair cars that you want to watch? Recommend? <laughs> You're the only one who does that. <laughs> I am not the only one. I mean, they can't Sorry. have that subscribers. You know who talks about revival more than anybody? Car YouTubers. They talk about revival all the time. <laughs> Just about their cars. <laughs> yeah. For revival. <laughs> um, That's awesome. Yeah, anyway. Hey, appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for talking through. Everybody on the podcast, thanks for listening. And we continue uh, this series on Sunday. I'll be back in Dover preaching, preaching my brains out. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Thanks for talking, guys. Adios. Bye.